to Craggy Rugby Podcast. I'm Rob Murphy. This is the sports ground that I am standing in. It is a beautiful evening in January. Hard to believe it's winter. I sound like I'm talking about the weather when I have so much to talk about. Munster versus Connacht, an absolute cracker. 31 points to 24. I feel the bonus point is a positive. Lenny McKenzie, welcome along. Good evening, Rob. William Davis, welcome along. Good evening, Rob. And Dave Finn, welcome along. Good evening, everyone. To start the podcast, why don't you engage with my concept that we've done well to get a bonus point out of that? Oh, if you, I mean, I, I was at half twelve yesterday. I was going, oh dear God, what is what is this going to turn out to be? The you don't like writing teams off before we play. No, I, 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 I go into there thinking we will win every game we go on the pitch because our players are better. But there does come a point where realism has to kick in. And I think the only two players that were missing from their first choice, 23, and I include, I mean, literally 23, not 15, 23, were uh, Niall Scannell, sorry, Rory Scannell and Chris Cloda. I think they had everybody here. Now, they didn't start them all, but you could see the difference. They could bring on Conor Murray. And if nothing else, I have seen the up close how good that man is at boxing tonight. Uh, they brought on Tyler Blendell, who maybe missed out, but I think his introduction was huge for them. They brought on CJ Stander because they were having a little problem in the back row at the start of the second half. Uh, we brought on Angus Lloyd. No offence to Angus Lloyd, but Angus Lloyd's last team was Clontarf. And he was, he's only been in the squad two weeks. Tom Daly has only been with us for three weeks. I think a bonus point with that team, given what it was, I think it was a superb performance. And I am deeply proud of those guys out there. A little bit more rubber the green, a little bit more thought, uh, clever thinking at times. We could have come up with a draw, maybe something more. But to be honest with you, where I was at half 12 yesterday, a bonus point and that performance, I'm delighted. Yeah, I think that's a general consensus. I can't get away from the fact, William, as we just cover the early topics before we get the action from the game, you can't get away from the fact, though, that this is a playoff rival that has come to our ground and taken five points away from it. Yeah, that's that's really what it boils down to in some ways and the fact that we've only won one out of the three games at Christmas and really you set up to win two. You had won two, 3-0 and got eight points out of it as opposed to the seven we've got. Is it really that much better? Uh, I think it's one point better. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one point better. You probably aren't going to win 3-0. I suppose you want to win your two home games. You like to win your home games and we've now been beaten at home three times this season. Um, and it's been, you know, Glasgow stole a game, Leinster did a job on us. Munster were doing a job on us this evening, and Connacht got themselves back into it. They dug in very, very deep to get that bonus point, and that shows the improvement from where they were, shall we say, a few weeks ago. And Lindley, a final talking point, which we'll get into later, but I'll give it to you first. One or two Connacht players are going to be making national headlines after the weekend and be in the water cooler talk because of the form they've shown over the Christmas period. Well, obviously, after this evening, everyone's talking about Tom Farrell, aren't they? And, and, and with, with uh, deservedly. I mean, he was the outstanding player. I know he didn't win the man of the match, but he was certainly an, the outstanding player in terms of his attacking ability. Mm. He really did show all his class, the way he could cut through, the way he could hold up and hold up in the tackle, the way he could pass the ball, absolutely outstanding. And it wouldn't be a surprise at all to see him in, in Joe Schmidt's thinking at the stage. Okay, there's your talking points. Here's the story of the game. It's a perfect night. There's a huge crowd, massive anticipation. Results have gone our way in other matches today, William. What are we going to get? Well, hopefully we get a humdinger of a game. It's really, really packed in here. It's This is the biggest game you feel in terms of every all the season ticket holders turning up, wedged in here. They were queuing outside at half five, and this is a real big match feel. A tough ask for Connacht. They're a bit down on players. There's a few players who were injured during the week. They would have picked 
but the 15 lads that are going out, it's up to them now, and it's up to the crowd to get behind them. It certainly is. We'll talk again on 20 minutes. 20 minutes gone, Connacht 7, Munster 7. Cracking match. Yeah, it's a cracking match from play to the high pace. Uh, Connacht are hanging on a bit, Munster had most of the possession and most of the position on the field. But a lovely try by Tom Farrell, stole the ball from Bolta and haired off and scored. But uh, Munster working very, very hard and they're making Connacht make a lot of hard tackles, a lot of physicality. And this is the real challenge for them. But they're still well in here and it's seven each, 20 minutes. It's, what more could you ask for? The place is packed, the atmosphere's red hot. It certainly is. That Munster try came from their captain, Peter O'Mahony, and uh, he seemed to enjoy it. We'll talk again at halftime, hopefully with better news. It's just halftime. Jack Carty has a chance to bring Connacht back to within four points. only four points behind we'll take that considering how much dominance Munster have had so far yeah they've, they've really had Connacht on the rack for most of this first half it's first time this season I think Connacht have been just been bullied and pushed around a little bit particularly at the breakdown area they're getting over the gain line Munster it's exactly what they're, they're, they're playing exactly the way you expect Munster to play Connacht came back into it there a little bit in the last five or six minutes having withstood a lot of pressure so you would take 14-10 at half time it could have been a lot worse it certainly could we'll talk again on 60 minutes just gone 60 minutes Connacht 17 Munster 24 great game of rugby but Connacht still under the cash yeah, they started the second half really well. Fine try by Keane Kelleher, but Munster have just kind of got back to what doing what they do. And um, it looks a tough ask from here. Kind of they've just got to keep playing, stay as competitive as long as they can, giving away far too many penalties, and that's allowing Munster to just get field position. It is. They're still being bullied. They stopped being bullied for about five minutes, but the bullying is back. We'll talk again at full time. <laughs> OK, William. Final score, Connacht 24, Monster 31. Connacht get a losing bonus point. Monster get a try bonus. What a game of rugby. Yeah, great game of rugby. Uh, Connacht kept trying, kept going, but Monster were just a bit too good for them, really. A bit too physical, a bit too knowing at times. Uh, they did seem to lose a little bit towards the end, and Connacht got a fine try to get within seven points of them. And from where it was earlier in the second half, I would have said you would take that. Uh, seven points out of a possible 15 at the Christmas period. It's probably not as good as they needed, but they did okay tonight. They were under strength this evening, and a few guys did very well out there and grew up. They certainly did. Cracking performance, and that's what we're looking for. Um, you're looking at the Challenge Cup coming up next week against a really red-hot sale. It's going to be a big ask, but we can't ask any more from that Connacht time. No, I don't think so. They'll be disappointed with the number of mistakes they made at very crucial times in the second half. They just give away penalties that allowed Munster to move them down the pitch, but that was caused by the pressure that they were put under by Munster. That's what Munster do, and it's that's ex they, they do. They, they did nothing that you wouldn't have expected from them. That's just what they do. And I think overall, I think 
Yeah, it's a pity, pity we had to hear some booing there uh, of referees. I'm, yeah, a bit sad booing to the referee. We leave it there. Munster played a lot more rugby than I've seen them play in the last few weeks. Like the, They put the pressure on us, but they played a lot of good rugby as well. Yeah, they did, but I think they maybe that's how they targeted Connacht. I think they targeted different ways of beating Leinster, and uh, obviously they didn't win in Belfast, but I think they actually realised maybe that's the way you have to play Connacht, because they are a bit, Connacht are, are able to strike, which they did a couple of times during the game with really, really good tries, but they just weren't up at times to the physicality, and the, and the error count is, is just too high, and they, they'll reflect on that. I think they will, and it's a young side playing against a very experienced side. I think Connick will do that, and well played to the clan, making up for the boo and the referee by clapping Munster off, and uh, very deservedly so. Okay, the next voice you hear will probably be Rob. If not, it might be the post-match interviews. That's it for me. We would like to thank the official Connacht Rugby Supporters Club for supporting the podcast. For the most detailed and informative travel news for away matches, check out the Supporters Club website at conaclan.com. Membership is only €10 and includes a member's gift, exclusive merchandise and much more. Go to conaclan.com for all your supporting needs. Andy. Like you've got to be proud of that. I think the Connick fans will leave relatively proud. No one wants to see their team lose, but they went down fighting. Yeah, they went down fighting. They always do, mate. You know, they're um, they're a brave group of men, and and uh, unfortunately, we just didn't have enough there tonight to get the win. It's funny. There's a statistic that's just jumping at me that says that they, they never go down without a big fight, and it's like 13 games now, and only once have Connick not got something out of it, not at least got a losing bonus point in this competition. So that that must must fill the whole group with pride, but it must underline that they're on the right track. Yeah, I, I think um, I think we are on the right track. Uh, you know, I think the mere fact that um, Munster put out probably one of their stronger mm. sides uh, just you know gives the boys. The acknowledgement that they are respected and uh, they're not not a team to be taken lightly. Um, we had our own issues through the week with um, player availability and selection. So, you know, for our blokes to go out there tonight with uh, two guys playing their first cap for Connett and Tom Daly and Angus Lloyd, um, with two academy boys in uh, in Matty Burke and Colin De Butler, um, an academy boy who's been promoted to a full contract in Paul Boyle. Um, you know, we we got a lot of uh, a lot of youth out there, um, but they're going well, mate. They're going well, and they're, they're believing in the systems, and they're, and they're putting their heart and soul into it. It was a moment of brilliance that got the losing bonus point at the end. It was an absolute class try, obviously, Tom Ferraro, Kobe Fienga, and then Jack Hardy. How much does that change your mood on the overall result then? Well, it actually started with a quick tap from Angus Lloyd. Mm-hmm. You know, f- first, first, uh, first cap for Connett. Um, we're 70 metres out, penalty. Um, Were you not wanting him to kick the touch? No, no, we wanted him to go. Yeah. And we kept saying all week, listen, it's, it's you know, our speed of transition um, and to, get, you know, to, to put them under pressure, and that's what's going to hurt them. And uh, I was really proud of the fact he took that, really proud of the fact that, um, you know, 72 minutes into the game, our blokes were fatigued, but they didn't stop, they didn't give up, they chased it. And not only one, but uh, you know, four or five chased it, and then Colby loomed, or Tom Farrell loomed, and 
Colby was inside him and then Jack was inside him and there was just a wave of green coming in behind it and it just shows the desire those fellas have got. Does it show though how there is a limitation and how far the, you can go in a three-game series like this? I mean, the injuries you had coming into this, there is a kind of an acceptance that that was a world-class performance for Munster out there. Is it a ceiling? Is it a ceiling that can't even be clear, perhaps? Well, I think, um, you know, I, I, I don't believe in putting ceilings in mm. place, you know, because you've... You know, just keep going as high as you can. Um, yeah, I thought tonight you know, our message to the group was we're disappointed with that. We all, we have to be if we lose a game of football. However, there were some really good things out there and there were some things that we got to learn from. Um, when we had quick ball and we got speed of the ball that was uh, that was, was quick because of our carrying, because of our clean out, we hurt them. Mm. Um, and we will continue to do that throughout the season when we get quick ball. Defensively, when we get our double shots and and uh, we're, we're nice and physical and we can whack them. Um, you know, we'll, we'll turn over ball and we'll knock teams backwards and we'll make them kick. I thought tonight they kicked better than us. That, that, that was the best kicking game I've seen all year. So, so credit where credit's due to Munster. They were very clever there tonight and they, they deserve the win. Um, but we're chasing. Definitely are. And some great moments in that game. Say next week, Challenge Cup is something kind of get judged on in a kind of a wider context, whereas the group as a whole, their target is to get into the Champions Cup. Best route to that, arguably, is the Pro 14. How big is this sale game for you, though? And how big is a home quarter final for you? Yeah, it's massive for us. You know, we said at the front end of the year we wanted to be in the playoffs for both uh, both competitions. So we're there or thereabouts in both. Um, but we can't rest on what we've done. We, we need to keep going forward and need to keep stretching ourselves. And next week will be another big stretch. Seven points from three into pros. Is that a good return? Um, you'd probably like a few more, wouldn't you? Uh, but if we look at it, um, yeah, we've had uh, Leinster where we we probably gave away a few points there. I thought um, the Ulster performance was a good performance. We probably could have got another bonus point there. And I thought there tonight against that side, you know, I would have loved another point, but uh, yeah, there's probably points in every game. We would have preferred to get a few more, but listen, it, it is what it is, and um, we know we'll be better next time we come up against that side. Uh, Paul Boyle, you've come to Connacht to get into the professional sphere and to experience nights like this, I guess, and as disappointing as the result is, that was an epic to be involved in. Like. Yeah, it was, it was a physical game, it was a fast game, it was, it was probably the toughest game I've played this year. Um, they were a very good side, we, we knew what was coming. Um, we knew there was a big physical battle. We knew they would go around the corner. We knew they'd they'd have a good uh, ten that's setting up their backline, and we did our best to stop. And in the end, they were just that bit better. There seemed to be a couple of turning points where you just needed a bit of continuation of momentum. For example, after the first try, Tom Froud wins a brilliant penalty, and just the lineout didn't work out. That happened in the second half as well. Do you look back at tiny moments that could have kept you going on the front foot, perhaps? Yeah, look, we looked to play on the front foot, and those little errors. Um, which, which were our fault in the, in the end, do come against you. Um, and they didn't seem to have them. They seemed to, when they were on the front foot, they were putting it in behind us and, and they were putting us under severe pressure and it just kept coming and coming, whereas we let them off the hook a few times. So when you look at those, those things, it's a little bit disappointing. But saying that, we know we're not far off. I think that, that was the best Munster had to offer and I think we have huge improvements. So I think we're playing them the last game of the, the Pro mm. 14 season and then hopefully again in, in the playoffs. So... 
I kind of have to be excited for that as well. Yeah, I was wondering about that because, you know, supporters are sometimes, uh, people outside the group will probably see, I was saying to Andy there, his ceiling perhaps, a limit to what this kind of group can achieve. You don't look at a night like that as, as showing you any limits. No, that's definitely no limit because I can think of a few things off the top of my head straight away that we can fix. Mm. So I, I really think there's so much more to come. Even, even in the games we've won, we've sat down as a group after and said that there is so much more to come there's so much so many learnings from each game and there's more again tonight so I think we're building and building and the kind of supporters will see that by the end of the season I can guarantee you that that last try it was a really wonderful try and it just showcased some players that are in top form Tom Farrell Jack Hardy Kobe Fianga what's it like to play with these lads who are really really believing in the type of rugby they're playing three Top quality players, like you know, Tom Farrell and Jack Hardy were brought into the Irish setup recently enough, and it's it's for that sort of reason. And then Colby coming over this year um, as a fellow back row, I'm learning a lot off him. Mm. He's um, really experienced in Super Rugby, and he, he's starting to really show here now how good a player he is. And he's so helpful in training, um, not just with me as a younger player, but with everyone. And um, I think everyone's getting a lot of learnings off him. Three games, you got points out of all three, you've been competitive all three, and obviously you've used a lot of players. So I guess that's going to be all the kind of positives that you'll be taking from. Yeah, they're the positives. And like I said, we're building. We have a big challenge ahead now against Sale on Saturday, um, another avenue into the Champions Cup. So um, we're really looking forward to it and excited for it. What will they bring that will be a bit different than Munster, do you think? Uh, well, maybe more of the same yeah well it actually is similar enough um, we haven't looked too much at them but remember them from the last day uh, Chris Ashton and um, and a couple of fine finishers out wide mixed with a, with a really strong pack so we, we have a lot to, to kind of work on and get ready for but we're excited for Saturday Back here on the Clan Terrace they're cleaning up around us what a crowd that was here tonight lots of Munster fans William you got to be part of the Munster press conference while I was interviewing the lads yeah, Johan van Graan, a uh, very tired man, I would say. I think he uh, alludes to how difficult this period of play is and uh, they have maybe picked up some injuries during that game, but uh, this is what he had to tell us. Johan, that was a hard-fought victory, but two wins now out of three. You must be delighted with the way this uh, Interpro Christmas has gone. Yeah, it was a tough three weeks and um, all credit to all four of the Irish sides. I think you know, every team have been competitive and we all, all had the same challenges, a lot of physicality and you've got to manage your squad and the fact that we won last weekend against the top team in Europe and came here and win and get a bonus point against possibly one of the form teams of Europe. Uh, they've been playing excellent rugby, we, we, we'll take that. You had to dig pretty deep tonight a couple of times but when, you, when necessary, Munster were able to up the, up the pace. I thought we started the game well and we conceded that turnover with with a, a rip and tackle and we scored two tries and you know one penalty just before half time they they took that kick and then from the kickoff they scored a fantastic try and we won the pressure <coughs> excuse me but and that's why we picked a, a very experienced um, a group of impact players and I, I thought they finished the game pretty well and like I said before we knew this game was going to be a really tough game and. I thought we were in a strong position going 14 points up with about 15 minutes to go. Were you ever worried that it might be coming back to all square or did you feel you had control, especially in those last five, seven minutes? As a coach, you're always worried until that final whistle goes. So um, the field position was was pretty important in those last few minutes and I I thought we played the game in in the right part of the field. And even when we conceded that free kick at at the last scrum, I thought we got the turnover back and, and kept them in there off and then tackle them into touch and then we'll take that win and move on. You've got to move on fairly quickly. You've got Europe coming up now, two two vital games there. 
Do you think it's fair that these interprovincials are, are as close, you go to Europe, three interprovincial to Europe? Is, is that asking too much of teams? Uh, only thing I can control is is that when the fixtures come out, uh, we've got to prepare our team accordingly. And uh, you know, when the fixtures came out, we, we knew that back in, I don't know when it was, maybe August or September. And then you've got to do your planning and plan again when you get injuries and plan it again. And I thought we managed our squad pretty well over the last three weeks. And you know, we'll be we'll be relatively fresh going into the next two games. And it doesn't matter what happened uh, in the previous five weeks. It's the important one against Gloucester first on Friday night. That's the voice of Munster coach Johan van Graan. William, for, we do get a good few Munster f- listeners to our podcast and we always like to have outside listen. Spread the word, folks. Uh, they come in huge support. They made plenty of noise. They've gone back down the motorway in great form. They can be very proud of their team and I think they can be overall pretty proud of their Christmas period effort. Oh yeah, I think they, they can. I mean, they, they put in a very good performance in Belfast and they weren't, didn't quite get the job done, but they certainly got the last two games. Look, they, they've won them. That's, that's the key. That's, that's all you're looking for. I think that's their bus giving a little pip of the horn there. Could well be. Uh, it's a much easier run down to Limerick now with the, with the motorway. Um, I think you do want to, to win. The, you, you do want to get two wins and Connacht haven't achieved that. That's, that's, just the way it, that's just the way it is. It's all about garnering points. And obviously Glasgow have lost today to Treviso, so that changes the, this pool or conference around a little bit. There's a lot of slightly odd results happening, uh, and they keep charging on. I thought tonight Munster played a lot of rugby. I think maybe that they came to the conclusion that was the best way to play Connacht. I think they had a different approach last week to play Leinster, and they had a different approach again in Belfast, and that's a sign of a side that's it's got a little bit of confidence in what it's doing. They were quite expansive at times this evening, and they were smarter. They moved Connacht around. Connacht also gave away a lot of penalties. They will be concerned about that. They don't like giving away penalties. There was penalties at the wrong time in the wrong place in the field, and they were punished because Munster drove them back down the field and got to play the game in Connacht's half. There were one penalties as well in terms of Munster won them, you know, as in Peter Manny got in and won the battle of the breakdown. Of course, Connick lost the battle of the breakdown in those situations, but uh, Andy Friend did mention the fact that Munster's kicking game impressed him immensely, did Yeah, I mean, they pinned us back. I mean, Kirby put in some good kicks, and I said Conor Murray gave the best boxing. He only did one, it was the best boxing of the game, and it was just, I looked at it and went, that is how you box kick. I thought our kicking game was a little bit more naive. I mean, you look at their back three, you've got two international wingers and a lad who wants to be an international winger, and they're just going to run everything back. I think, our, I, think, I think we just played a little bit into their hands in terms of their kicking game, and... I think it's sometimes something that was said to me after an Eagles game by a visiting coach was they, they do teams do look at us and they think they can turn us. Now, nothing directly came from initially a kick in behind, but then we were we were kicking the ball out close to our line, we were being forced over the line, and suddenly they're down in the twenty two and they have the line out and that's the, that's that's where they're doing. So was, you have to say Carberry's kicking was superb. Connect had three first half line outs in their own twenty two. They just came from clever, well placed kicks from Munster. Lindy Overall, how good are Munster? Do you think of tonight? What, what, like, were you, are you more impressed with them after tonight, or do you take Dave's point there from earlier and go, well, as much credit as they're getting, they've beaten the Connick side. They were, let's be honest, patched up a little bit and did brilliant in all the same. 
I think they were Munster who ground out a win and that's what they always want to do mm. and I think the fact that they selected that team to come down here today in preparation possibly for bigger matches to come was a way of saying that they weren't there they were taking Connett seriously mm. and they certainly did I think it the end of the day they are very good at grinding out wins and they did it they did it because they dominated most of the set piece their rolling mall was just superb and it was hard to stop um you've 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 mentioned you know the kicking game so they there was they were deserved winners of this match and i have no doubt and i have no doubt that you know this is this is a basically a practice run for next week but at the same time you also have to look at connett's connett you know I, I don't think I have quite seen such an intensity and ferocity to Connett's game ever in, in the season that I saw tonight, particularly in defence and in the tackle. I thought they were absolutely superb. I don't think you can fault the way Connett played at all. Maybe a little bit of execution here and there, but I don't think you can actually fault them. And as a result, I just think that, you know, you have to also analyse. One question I would, I, I probably would have liked to ask is the team selection. What's that team selected you know, thinking that maybe Munster were going to rest some of their top mm. players in, ahead of, of ahead of the Champions Cup next week. Because certainly if you take out, you know, I know some of them, obviously we had to make some changes, but if you take out the likes of Bandiaki and Jared Butler and you lost Dennis Buckley beforehand, you know, uh, various players, you know, you would wonder how maybe what the result might have been, if it could have been any, if it might have been a little bit different. All right, can I take that point on a little bit? We were a bit surprised with the strength of the lineup that Connick put out against Leinster. What we expected, William, going on past times, was Connick to target these two home games, as the other provinces often do. Did they make a mistake in that? I don't know if even if they targeted this game, could they, would they have found that Munster just be too good for them anyway? Mike, well, let's stick to my main question. Did they make a mistake in the way they've kind of selected for these three games? Potentially, the fact that they didn't win the Leinster game, you, you, yeah. you, you can say that. Bundiaki wasn't supposed to start that game. Tainan O'Halloran pulled out and then the whole rejig occurs. And this week, I think they had a couple of injuries were picked up. Gerald Butler got injured. Uh, James Connolly got injured. He was going to be on the bench, apparently. And um, Sean O'Brien got injured. So I think they would have played. Yeah, they accounted for 26 of Connick's tackles last week. Between them and Quinn Roo, throw Quinn Roo in, you have a quarter of Connick's tackle count against Ulster. You're missing two key tacklers. Yeah, but that, that's what happens. That, that's part of the game and you have to you judge it. And I suppose, look, they've moved on from it, but they'll still feel that the RDS, they should have come away from there with three more points. And that would have given them a better return overall on Christmas than, the, the, than, than they've got. But that's, that's a lesson for them. The bottom line is Leinster have won three games, uh, Munster have won two, Ulster and ourselves have only won the one. And that's the pressure that this particular time of the season brings and it doesn't look like it's ever going to change it's going to be three inter pros one after the other book ended by Europe and Europe that's a big ask for any side yeah and I, do you know I think it brought, brings into light that maybe we do with this team more than ever and Dave's going to love this point because he wants to do this all the time just take each game as it comes because you know how in God's name could we ever be more happy with a home loss to Munster 
them with the home loss. To, you know, the, the disappointing defeat is the away loss to Leinster. That doesn't make any sense because beforehand you would have said, well, God, if we lose to Munster at home, I'd be gutted. I won't mind losing to Leinster. But when you look back at it, it kind of flipped on its head. I think people are kind of accepting it. But again, but when you're looking at game to game, you're doing yeah. that on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And even Friday is the most important day to make your judgment of the game because then you know what the teams are. Like I said, half 12 yesterday, I thought, oh my God. This could this could get really bad because if, if if they can bring if they can put Murray Stander and Blay and Dahl and Sam Arnold on the bench and Killer Kilcoin on the bench and bring them on, thinking um, if if they're up and they come on, we're going to get mullered. But I have to say again, we're back to the boys. The boys, we we, we take a lot of it for granted. Like, we, we've done it in the past. We just mentioned again, there are guys in this squad who are not known outside really this this team who are putting in performances. Maybe it's twenty minute performances, forty minute performances. Give me some name. Well, Pete McCabe again, another great performance tonight. But um. Uh, Thornbury again huge performance tonight we talk about Queen, but the two of them together Fyinga is the Fyinga is probably the signing of the season um, I'd even have him ahead of Kyle Godwin have him. I think he was again he was immense tonight um, but even then even even last week you saw Stephen Sterl came into the squad and did some amazing things tonight and I come back to Tom Daly like Tom Daly maybe yes he has a point to prove to Leinster but he could easily go just assume, assume, you could easily go right I'm just going to focus on my own game. But what he did tonight, I think, was instrumental in how well Tom Farrell played because how does Tom Farrell get the space? Because his number 12 is putting him into space. And I think he had an immense game. And yes, we can talk about Jack, but I think the player of the season so far is Caelan Blade. Oh, geez, I, he took that in all different directions and he finished in, in a very good point on, on Caelan Blade. Yeah, I just a wider point, Lindley. Andy Friend interestingly mentioned in this block of seven games, we picked up 25 points out of a possible 35 points. I kind of was as interested to see that Andy Friend is keeping track of that kind of stuff as I was in the actual uh, statistic. But the other statistic is 37 points at the moment. 39 points was our total last year. All this progress. And yet, we've nearly lost as many games as we won in the Pro 14. Seven against six defeats. You can lose matches, but you are building towards maybe something much bigger. We're all seeing progress here. Well, I think that's the that's the most significant thing. And you talk about, you know, the fact that there were players missing from, from this match tonight. You know, it has been a policy of Andy Friend to introduce some of the, the younger players, the Eagles players. He's building a squad. He's building a squad of so that there's not a squad of them versus us or A versus B or Eagles versus seniors. He's building a squad that... I think is a long-term approach and you know I think it's accepted that he's allowed to have a long-term approach he doesn't necessarily have to win uh, this season necessarily although he doesn't have to qualify for Champions Cup this season yeah although that is the that is the ambition and I think they'd be huge disappointed at this stage of the season to be, wouldn't they? well of course they would be because they have they have probably done better than maybe what they may have expected earlier in the season I don't know but I think it's all about building a squad and this this team obviously is a very confident team within themselves. They has they have been huge additions to the team, as you took, mentioned, Colby Afianga. I looked at that back row and I said, oh gosh, that's a very kind of light in many ways, a, a speedy but maybe not as physical back row as what you know Munster put out. Mm-hmm. And I was a little bit worried. I think Colby Afianga is 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 a is a perfect person. For like I was, I was just watching him in terms of the breakdown, getting to the breakdown quicker than a lot of other players. Yeah. So, you know, there have been those additions. They're still working their way into the side. Remember that, you know, they're only they're new here. Yeah. I mean, Jack Carty's. I mean, like Caelan Blade. Obviously, he's just just really developed in the same way. In the same way that a lot of players, when they're given their opportunity, they 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 develop. Look at Dara Leader. You know, was on an eagle an Eagles team for most of the season, and look how he's developing. You know, while while Turner O'Holloran is out, 
Ken um, Callagher is another one, and despite the rumours that he might be disappearing back to Leinster, we, we all hope he's not. But I suppose it is it is contract time, so people will discuss those sorts of things. Um, but I just think this this squad is developing into something quite hopefully quite special. On that point, William. Yeah, there is a there is a development. Uh, they've played thirteen, they've won seven, they've lost six. It could be better than that, and that's what might catch them at the end of the season when the points tallies are done. Will you be disappointed if from this point they don't get Champions Cup rugby? Uh, possibly, but I'm not sure they're going to finish in the top three in the playoff. Is, I agree, yeah. is just is just a hit off game. It just depends. You know, it could be here, it could be there. It just that'll be worked out with however the fourth place. Seven and six is becoming, if you, if you look at uh, Conference B, Leinster are way ahead. And then what you have is lots of teams on seven and six. It seems to be the mm. that conference has been broken up by all sorts of strange results. You've got, you know, the Ospreys today, drop goal in the 78th minute, stops Cardiff getting a bonus point. One point could be the key at the end of the season. That's why picking up the bonus point tonight for Connick, it just keeps you moving forward. It means you 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 keep your position in the table or you get something out of every game. And that's they've done that I think nearly every game this season, maybe with the exception of, of Edinburgh away and, and Leinster here. Yeah, I think in thirteen games they've only not got a losing bonus point once. I mean that's incredible. Twelve games. The best team can beat them by is one score. Yep, and you know, even tonight I thought uh, Van Grand said it there, Johan Van Grand said it, that, you know, coaches always worried until the end. And Connor were back within seven points. And Munster, that's when you saw their bit of class. Connor Murray yeah. ran. He'll kick along the t- touchline on the far side in front of us. You know, just he got the ball, he broke, it wasn't on, he's got a grubber kick along, and they ended up getting a line out of and it just it just closed the game down and I have to agree with Dave his box kicking only did he do one or two it's the height and it's the fact that you count and the count is always the same and it's just you know that's it's magical idea because he doesn't seem to kick it that hard but the, the damn ball just goes way up in the air it disappears up over the stand line and it drops in like a, a torpedo and him having to be, I think he had to be brought on. They were getting a little concerned that it that they weren't getting enough control, and that was because Connacht kept working for the eighty minutes. I have to confess something here. I never know whether we're in Conference A or Conference B. Is that bad? I can a. never work it out. A. What conference are we in? A. We're in A. a. I just, like does that? I just what does it matter? It it does. But I, in the commentary, sometimes I'm like I can't remember whether it's A or B. Anyways, I want you to tell me about the table. I was going to say it doesn't matter entirely because you're a professional and you're supposed to know these things. Um, <laughs> Look, our, 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 our conference has been a very... I think the result the most that really threw this co- our conference up in the air was Glasgow went to the Rizzo and lost 2018. That's huge First, for a number of things. First of all, Glasgow have lost three games in a row and they lost both games against Edinburgh. That is weirdly... The re- Glasgow results are having, in terms of the c- table, were having a bigger effect on the other conference. But now they're having a bit of an effect on us because suddenly they have come back to the pack. Because it was, we thought Glasgow were gone in their conference and they were gone in ours. Now... We are fourth. We are fourth on 37 points behind the Ospreys, purely based on the fact that they bet us, because we have a better points differential than them, and that's why I think this whole thing is a farce and a joke, and a farce and a joke, because it should be done on points differential and screw head-to-head. Yeah. It doesn't make any difference at the stage of the season, anyway. Who's no. third or fourth? So as of now, this is how crazy, this is how crazy the conferences are. Ulster were second going into this weekend's games. If th- this was the end of the season, Ulster would be in the Challenge Cup. 
<laughs> they have been overtaken by. Did Dave just become Lindley and Lindley just become Dave there? Because they're no, no, well, Dave became me there. It's very hard to predict who you're going to be facing. Yeah. We, yeah. So as of now, if if it was now, it would be the Scarlets. But over the course of this weekend, Ulster, Banisson, Edinburgh, and Scarlets have all been in that fourth place. I cannot predict that group whatsoever. They're all capable of beating each other, and nobody's capable of beating. Them. That's Conference B, conference and B. our conference is Conference A. a. I've got this. Main point is. Connick still have to play Cardiff twice. Connick still have to play Ospreys at home. Let's forget about Munster in Glasgow, perhaps, because I think we'd be better off for Connick if they just pushed on and took the first two spots. Yeah, in some ways. Uh, going to Glasgow in February isn't potentially the worst, but it is an artifact. Time of year. It is an art- time of year, because they're going to be missing a lot of players. What about Cardiff? This fixture at the end of the month. Uh, looming looming 26th of January could be missing a lot of players at Ireland camp in Portugal Uh, dear Joe Schmidt Tom Farr is not that good he's he's only okay yeah and Jack Carty loves Cardiff Um, look any any players that go there good luck to them that that, want that yeah it's going to be a warm weather training week and they're going to be doing all sorts of things and they could take a lot of players to get to set up the camp as much as anything else you were saying Cardiff are going to have a lot on as well well potentially because Warren Gatlin doesn't like players playing or tends not to he has I'm told issues with the fitness levels that these players come into Welsh camps on and he likes to get his players in really early and get control of them so it could be we don't know who will be playing we do know it'll be on the worst artificial pitch that Connacht play on Uh, it's a difficult place sides tend not to win there Uh, they're very dogged but it's a huge game it's an eight point game because if you could if you could sneak a win there You've then you've knocked them back and you've got ahead of them. Yeah, I I have just such bad memories of of uh, Cardiff. And Do you remember fifty eight nil? Oh, years. I just remember so many matches, and I remember Pat Lamb's anger once. And um, oh, the laptop! <laughs> I just is he really bringing a laptop into a press conference? If you haven't found that, find it online. Yeah. Glorious. I just how could anyone yeah, not know about it? Not not a, not a favourite. Yeah. Not a favourite ground. We have for one there as well, once yeah. or twice. So I mean, they certainly. Oh, I think the first time wasn't it was six three when Eric Elwood kicked two penalties. But I think, look, apart from the Pro 14, we also do have to remember next week. So you're talking about Champions Cup. Remember, the person who qualified last year in the champion, in the Challenge Cup for the semi-final would have gone into... Oh, yeah. into the Champions Cup and it we could well be a better route we, we can't take well put this way we're, we're, we've got, we're still fighting two fronts and that's the most important thing and so we can't forget that the Challenge Cup is still is still an entree to Champions Cup rugby next season and that can't be forgotten when we're hosting Sale here next week we break the podcast for the first part of a very big quiz thanks Rob and welcome along to the first part of the Craggy Rugby New Year quiz for 2019. We've got some lovely prizes available, including match posters from Connacht's famous game in Krasnorsk in 2015. And we've got signed programmes by the Connacht players who took part in Ireland's historic victory over New Zealand in Dublin in November. And we've also got signed programmes from the match in Belfast in October where Connacht defeated Ulster at Ravenhill for the first time in 58 years. I'd like to thank the players for taking the time to sign these items for us and to Martin Joyce, Connacht's logistics manager, who took on the job of chasing them all down over various periods of time to get them signed. So there'll be one question in this podcast, which I'll be giving you presently, 
And we'll have a question in the midweek podcast prior to the sale match. And we'll have a question in the podcast immediately after the sale match. And at that stage, we'll tell you how you can enter. And question one is a nice, simple one to get everybody involved at the start. And that is, who captained Connacht to win the Pro 12 final in Edinburgh in May 2016? Questions two and three might be a little bit more difficult, but please do remember to tune in to the midweek podcast and next week's podcast for questions two and three, and then you can enter and see if you can win a prize. All right, folks, just before we get back to the podcast, I mentioned the fact that we are on Patreon, which is a brilliant service to both listen to the podcast, but also for those of you who want to uh, support what we do, and a lot of you have already, and we appreciate it by generating a little bit of money for us. Anything you like, a little bit of it. Well, what did we settle on? A fiver a month, and we'd be very, very great. Yeah, let's buy us a cup of coffee a month. We need it. Yes, we do. There's a lot of work that goes into these podcasts, and I think you appreciate that, folks. Uh, for example, the day before the Ulster match, was it Stephen's Day? Yourself and Alan recorded a podcast. Got, Alan edited it and got it out just in time for the morning of the Ulster game. Yeah, you're not going to get that in all, all places, that's for sure. Well, it was more fun than Christmas. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my <laughs> word. Yes, I like it. There you go. Let's move on quickly, rather than bashing Christmas. Not the time for it. Okay, so as it is, listen, Linny, you made a great point just before the end of the podcast, which was a huge game next week. There's a midweek podcast, and I'm going to say, folks, listen to that, and we'll preview that there, because I just want to bookend the Pro 14 before we get back to it. And again, we're kind of at a point where Connick can just take stock of what they're at. Today, probably a setback in terms of the playoff hopes, but not the end of the world. Maybe a setback in terms of points, but certainly not a setback in terms of where Connors are going in the future. Mm. And I think I think there were so many more positives out of that performance, despite the fact that they lost by seven points, still picked up a bonus point, still got something out of it. And, you know, over the over the course of the three games, I think they developed quite a lot and, and they got it. OK, they didn't win this match, but I think they achieved something in all three of those interprovincial games over the Christmas. There was injuries before the match. There was so much disruption. Even Dennis Buckley dro- dropping out and Peter McKay put in a huge effort. Matthew Burke, a lot of people kept mentioning, oh, he's very inexperienced for a game like this. Didn't do half bad. Free kick went his way at scrum time at one point. It wasn't just because of him, but, you know, he was fine. I think Killian Gallagher showed a little bit there. Yeah, and that's what Andy Friend talks about this all the time. And I think, it, it, look, it must be easier to come into a side that's playing well. Mm. It's much harder to come in if your side's struggling. And uh, very unfortunate for Dennis Buckley. It was a big event for him today. It, was his, it would have been his 150th cap, and he must be absolutely disgusted. But that's he'll get it soon, but maybe not in quite as high-profile a fixture. Uh, this place was jammed tonight. It really was. And a good atmosphere. I thought it was better atmosphere than last week. It was a good atmosphere. Yep, it certainly was. It was it was absolutely rocking, and uh, that's what you want. And we want that next Saturday as well for for the sale. Get get up here. There's tickets available. Get in. It'll be a very interesting game. Sale have gone on a a phenomenal run in the Premiership. They've won their last five English Premiership games. They've won their three Christmas games. They started off down at the bottom of the table and had to beat Bristol, and now they've beaten the side that were third Gloucester and second last night Saracens, and suddenly they're up to fourth, fifth in the Premiership and starting to have different aspirations maybe than they did as little as three weeks ago. And what's brilliant though, Dave, from a Connery perspective is they slipped up in Europe in the most spectacular way. You haven't won in Bordeaux, lost at home, the most unlikely result, I'd say, in that competition for quite some time and that's opened the door. Connick, I think Connick have to win a clean win, as we say. They need to win probably by eight points or more to give themselves a real good shot of winning the pool if they can get 
buy from Bordeaux. Indeed, yeah, and you do, and it's it's nice to be in that sort of situation. I think Lenny was absolutely right. You've got to you've got to look at it as another way to make Champions Cup. And if you have ambitions to make it, then you've got to take every opportunity. This is a ma- silverware. It's silverware. We don't win very many things. We've only won one trophy. What was that again, Rob? Only one. <laughs> uh, you have to remind me. Uh, something something small in 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 Edinburgh. Uh, but um, yeah, I think it has to be taken. It'd be interesting to see the team he picks next week because I mean. Honest to God, if you actually, again, 12 o'clock yesterday, I thought that's a team you'd pick for the sale game because you're resting players and there's players missing today. And guys needed a rest. I mean, some of these guys have got great time in them. I've got a lot of game time in them. But let's look at the team he puts out. Let's see, we'll know from the team, from the two teams where they're going to be. If we see the likes of uh, Bundy or Kyle Godwin and Jared Butler and, and uh, Quinn, Quinn and Olsen or Gavin and Olsen, Gavin Olsen, Gavin and Quinn in the second round, we'll know he's going for it. If Chris Ashton plays and Faf de Klerk plays, we know that Steve Diamond is going for it. And Steve Diamond is very much, at this moment in time, giving two fingers to a lot of people. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does. Now, when we see the teams on Friday, I'll be able to give you a much... Uh, but then I'll know in my own mind what, who's taking it seriously. But as of now, if both teams put up good choice teams, it could be a cracking game, or they could both put out two teams of 15 lads we've never heard of. Who knows? Any other business, William? Um, I'm still concerned about these three interpros at Christmas. I, I know it's, it's probably an insurmountable problem. And I think this year, pressure has been put on to put out better teams um, than we've seen in the past. I think, you know, there's a realisation that fans turn up in big numbers for them. But I can't help feeling that you'd be better off to go back to two and then have this weekend as a different yeah. weekend. It'd be better for, for these games and what they mean. Yeah, I think so. I think they, they do tend to get a little bit lost. But the intensity of them is insane as well. You know, not insane, but, you know, it's at a different level that you just can't match. Well, I mean, even the celebrations from Munster there, they're not going to celebrate a try against Cardiff like that in the last few seconds, all piling in, pumping the fists to the fans. And I know I'm saying that from the perspective of Connacht where you're like, oh, when you see it, but, like, you respect it as well and Connacht would do the same thing. Uh, I think the intensity is here. I had the misfortune this afternoon to watch the Ospreys and Cardiff. The same? Uh, no. In a, in a two-third... Not like Neat versus Pontypree back in the day or Aberevan, was that Neat's game? That was, their, that was their Boxing Day game or St. Stephen's Day game as it would have been if it was played here. Uh, very dull, disappointing game played in front of a very small... Well, it certainly looked a small crowd at the Liberty Stadium. Played the last 20 minutes almost in silence. Just a game with nothing. There was plenty riding on it and fair play for them for... Sam Davis for dropping a goal because that took the bonus point off Cardiff, the bonus point off Cardiff and as Connacht would go well, hey thank you that's, that's why these conferences are starting to work now you're any other business then just mm, two into pros more than enough uh, Dave any other yeah what is the point of minimum sentences if you just go well you haven't had a red card before so we're going to cut it in half or do you have a minimum amount of time for a suspension if something is four weeks it should be four weeks and it shouldn't matter whether the guy's been sent off before it shouldn't matter if he says he's sorry it shouldn't matter if he has a clean record in no other sport would you do that and in the last two weeks we have seen players have a minimum four week uh, suspension cut in half because they have said they were sorry and they haven't been sent off before in no other sport does that happen you, it, it, look if it shouldn't matter it shouldn't matter whether, whether you've been sent off before, you've been sent off now, you should take your punishment. And I find it deeply problematic that two players um, have, been, have been told you're getting four weeks, but because you've got a clean record, it's two. What is the point? Okay. Lindley? I'm not so sure about that, but hey, look, maybe that's for another day. <laughs> <laughs> Lindley disagrees. I like it. Am I any other business is just 
Alan did, and, and with a little bit of help from you, Lindy, in the midweek podcast, just tried his best to just get an idea of what all the injuries were for Connacht. And he did some, did some good research into it, and so did you, and went through the files, tried your best. And still, at the end of the day, because they're not giving us clear-cut information on injuries, a couple of them wrong. I think Omicron is closer than we realise. The butler wasn't meant to be anywhere near back, and he was. I don't know. We understand you have to protect information. Players have to be protected. But I think it just can be challenging to give the information to the people when the information isn't as free-flowing. It's just a small little quip, but I think it has to be said. So for those of you who listened during the week, yeah, there were some mistakes there. But that's unfortunately the challenges we have in terms of getting all the information. That's it from us. Anything else? Get into competition. And if you want to win some amazing prizes, as William highlighted in the bit we dropped in earlier, uh, you got to listen next week as well and midweek too. But why wouldn't you listen? Connacht are flying overall. And a huge competition next week. Disappointing today, though. That's it from us. Thanks, folks. Bye. Cheers. Good night. Loose. Cut it loose. Break out. Or nothing changes. Sad and confused. Don't wait until you hit.